Taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? Welcome, everyone. This is Rich Take on Sports, and this is the inaugural episode of this podcast, so let the journey begin. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. This is episode one, and therefore the debut and official launch of the podcast here on May 19th, 2017, and it just happens to be my 46th birthday, so even more reason to celebrate. Now, I hope everyone had a chance to listen to the preview episode, and if you haven't, I highly encourage you to do that. You can find it on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or even through our website at richtakeonsports.com, and there you'll be able to learn a little bit more about what this podcast is, who I am, and what to expect. And I also hope you connect with me in other ways. Please follow me on Twitter at richtakesports, or even email me with suggestions, feedback, Richmond at richtakeonsports.com because what I'm trying to accomplish here is just sharing this information and the biggest compliment for me is that when you share it with others because I'm not just referring to you as listeners you're also investors and what I mean by that is that when you listen as you're driving to work or you know you're working in the yard or doing your honey-do list on the weekend or getting your sweat on in the gym riding the bike or whatever it might be you're investing the most precious thing you have today, and that's your time. And it's finite. And you're not getting that back, my friend. And I get it. And so I don't take it lightly. So when you like this show because of the content and want to share it, please do so. Again, that's the biggest compliment. Okay, so now let's turn our focus to our guest this week in the Rich Spotlight. Shining brightly to share the stories of people in sports. This is the Rich Spotlight. The guest this week is former two-time All-Pro linebacker and longtime Pittsburgh Steeler, LaVon Kirkland, also a second-round pick out of Clemson University in 1992 and went on to play 11 long years in the NFL and was actually named to the NFL's 1990s All-Decade team and just finished up his second season as outside linebackers coach with the Arizona Cardinals. And on this day of the interview, he was actually being inducted into the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. So this was a big honor for him that day. And so I think you'll enjoy this interview. LaVon, I can't thank you enough for joining the podcast today. Uh, thank you so much. I really appreciate being on. No, it's a real pleasure, and especially being able to speak to you today. I know it's another big day in your life as you're about to be inducted into another Hall of Fame with the uh, South Carolina Football Hall of Fame induction ceremony tonight. And as a fellow Clemson graduate and student uh, during some of your playing years at Clemson, I know the impact that you had uh, within this state, and I know it's well-deserved. But before we get into the discussion of you know the impact of sports in your life, what does this honor mean to you tonight? Uh, you know, it's a, a great honor. I think any time you, you are recognized in any kind of form or fashion, it just makes you really reflect on your life and how you got to this point. And for the state of South Carolina to really 
recognize me in this way, especially with the history of good football coaches, players, administrative people. For me to be um, in that number is amazing, especially from the humble backgrounds that I come from. It's a tremendous honor. Speaking of that humble background, you know, growing up in Lamar, South Carolina, you know, describe to the listeners, you know, just some of your earliest earliest memories of playing sports and, you know, how you got involved in sports. You know, I have, um, I had brothers. Okay. <laughs> and, you know, I had cousins. Really, at the time, Lamar was rich with a lot of great athletes, you know, basketball players, football players, just kind of around the neighborhood. So back then, everybody was big in sports. Yeah. You know, everybody played something. And my brothers, especially, and um, cousins, they all, all played. Yeah. And, um, I was, uh, you know, some years younger than those guys were. And I remember, um, those guys being my first sports role models there. Okay. I thought they were just tremendous. And I just wanted to be, you know, part of that, be part of, um, being mentioned like those guys were mentioned. And it, you know, that's what I did. I was a kid that because of my age and how much, much younger I was than my brothers, yeah. I, um, you know, I, I would go out in the backyard and kind of do my own thing. And so it was a, it was, you know, me was my imagination. I, I really watched a lot of football. I was kind of a, a football geek at the time. I mean, I, I knew teams, everything like that. So, you know, it started all in the backyard and really yeah. watched my brothers play the game. And I just wanted to be a part of that. And it just, it grew more inside of me than probably the rest of them. But, um, it, it really simply started that innocent, you know, just out there playing around, throwing the ball around, yeah. pretending that I, I was playing in the big game. That's kind of how my, you know, athletic career started. But I didn't really start playing football or any organized sport until I got into the ninth grade. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. So yeah. it, was it basketball and football or? Well, throughout high school, I did basketball, football, and I, I ran track. You did? Okay. I was actually a high jumper in um, high school. I, my highest jump was 6'4", so Ooh. not too bad. Uh, that's very good. <laughs> yes, obviously, yeah, considering your size bad. as well. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and, and the great thing about being from a small high school was you got to play every sport. Yeah. And, um, you know, the guys who played on the football team were the guys who played on the basketball team were the guys who ran track. So we did everything. Okay. And it was, it was really cool. So was there a point that in high school that you came to the realization that I'm actually talented? I'm dreaming of playing at the highest level. You know what actually happened to me when I was like 11 years old? It's going to sound almost like fiction. But it's really true. Okay. I remember just throwing the ball around, and I remember saying to myself, "You know, I'm gonna play pro football." It's probably no different than a lot of guys. Yeah. But when I got to high school, uh, around my tenth grade year, the the varsity coach Terry Thires sat me down, and he's like, "I I really believe you can play college football." Okay. And I just believed it. Yeah. You know, like sometimes when people tell you something. A lot of people would be like, no, no, no. And they kind of back away from it. I, you know, I just accepted it. You know, I, I accepted the compliment. I'm like, okay. And he just told me, you, you don't have to be committed. And you don't have to work hard. Yeah. And 
that's what I did. I just, I believed him. And that's when, when he kind of gave me that confirmation, that's when I believed that, yeah, I have a chance to play on the next level. So I, um, I still had a lot of fun in it, but it was, it was something that I, 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 I slept, I breathed, I okay. had, <laughs> you know, it, it was my sport and I just really thrust myself on, onto it. And then, so at that point, just that was your motivation to really get dedicated, just hearing that confirmation. Is that correct? It was, but also, um, I didn't want my parents to pay for my education okay. or for me to go to school. Yeah. And I knew that I, if I got this, they wouldn't have to pay because they paid for all my other brothers and sisters to go to college. I and see. At that time, we were like, everybody's like almost two years apart, except for me and my little sister. But, you know, my older sister went to college, and my brother after her, then my sister after her, and, um, you know, my other brother went to um, the military, then my other sister, she went to college. And so they pay for it. And, yeah. you know, uh, these are hardworking folks, you know, uh, and they were able to pay, you know, not only kids are in high school, but kids are in college, too. So... I had a feeling that I didn't want to put that burden on them. And I, I, you know, I was determined to get that scholarship. Okay. So now kind of describe that, you know, that whole recruiting process, uh, you know, were you highly recruited at the time? Uh, and then how did you, you know, end up deciding on Clemson? <laughs> That's kind of funny when you say highly recruited, yeah. but, uh, you know, back then, uh, being in the PD area, you know, you just didn't get a lot of, um, there, was, there was no recruiting services back then. That's right. Uh, there's, you know, really, you know, it's almost word of mouth that, that people have heard from me. You think about the distance between Clemson and Lamar, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, a lot of word wasn't heard about myself. Okay. So what, what basically happened was we were fortunate enough to play in a playoff game. Okay. And, South Carolina actually was recruiting uh, two guys from the team we were playing. And my coach simply came up to me uh, my junior year and told me, like, um, there's some recruiters out here. And that's all he told me. Okay. And that's all I needed to hear. So I was like, okay, <laughs> it's time to ball. It's time to play. And, I, you know, I had such a good game, that game, that initially my first Letter was from South Carolina. Okay. And then the next week, somebody must have heard something, and I got a letter from Clemson. Okay. And, um, but Miles Audrey was the guy who really recruited me. He recruited me like I was a four star, five star guy. Got it. And, um, he called frequently. He just, um, I think he really just saw something. Yeah. You know, he, 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 he thought I was a really good athlete. He thought that, um, if given an opportunity, I can do something. That's kind of how he recruited me. It wasn't no, he wasn't trying to do a sales job. He yeah. was just basically, you know, telling me the real deal. You know, he told me that we give you an opportunity. We're not going to promise you anything. And, um, right. and I just, I just like, that's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> give me the opportunity. That's all I need. So, um, that's basically what, what happened. Yeah. Okay. You know? And then, you know, at Clemson, obviously had a stellar career, you know, like I said, you know, two-time All-American, first-team, you know, All-American, you know, linebacker. And how was that experience at Clemson and how your memories of Clemson? Well, it was really fantastic, to be honest with you. Um, 
you know, back then, uh, you know, Clemson was a, a nice college power in my mind. Yes. I mean, good teams, good players, a great program, basically a legendary coach who have already won a national championship. And I, I came there doing some good times. I mean, we had some really good players, uh, ended up having one of the best defenses in the, in the land, being number one. And then I played with a bunch of defensive players, man, that ended up in the NFL. Our linebacker core was ranked number one at one point in time. And man, we were, we were vicious, man. And we played the game the right. Well, I said we played the game hard. <laughs> you know, we, we, we compete against each other because it was hard to get a tackle <laughs> on that defense. I mean, you had to fight to get tackles. So it was a lot of fun, man. Just like any college group, you, you have a lot of laughter, um, a lot of cut up. Yeah. And, you know, we were winning. So it made it, it made it real fun. As, you know, your senior year winds down and, you know, now you're, you know, obviously looking at the NFL draft. Were there any particular teams that just, you know, growing up that you liked and like, man, I hope I get drafted by them or, you know, and kind of walk me through that process, you know, of you know, I was, by that time in college, um, as a kid, I was a big Dallas Cowboys fan. Okay. But hey, by sir. the time I became a senior, okay, um, I, I wasn't a fan of really anybody. Okay. And what happened to me was I, um, I had meetings with the Steelers. And I knew after talking to Coach Cowher and how young he was, he's only 34 years old, they really, they seemed like they were really interested in me. And I was, I was super interested in them. Okay. I mean, um, I even at the draft, <laughs> when the draft was happening and they were, um, they were going in the second round and they were about to come up with that pick. I went into the bathroom and this is no kidding. Okay. I went to the bathroom and I was like, I looked in the mirror and I was like, they're going to pick me. They're going to pick me. They're going to pick me. And sure enough, <laughs> they, they picked me. Then they and did. I got by the phone and, um, you know, the phone rang. It was, it was a mess for Yeah. And, uh, and they're like, congratulations. Welcome to the black and gold. Kind of funny because I kind of willed that one. <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, they're going to pick me. Yeah. So it was kind of funny. Yeah. And it, do you remember who called you? Was it Coach Cower? Interesting story. It was the, um, it was actually the GM who called me. Okay. Um, Tom Donahoe called me. Yeah. And he was like, hey, LeVon, you know, we're, we're considering picking you the next pick. And I'm like, considering? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then this guy named Charles Bailey, he was one of their pro scouts. <laughs> okay. And um, he was the one who really thought highly of me. I mean, I saw him everywhere. Senior Bowl, Hula Bowl, yeah. the Combines, man. He just, he and he was, and that's the area he had, and he just really uh, believed in my skills and believed that I was a player. Yeah. And he was like, he was like, hey, do they have a TV in Lamar, South Carolina? I'm like, yeah, of course we got TV. Like, <laughs> do y'all have cable? <laughs> like, yeah, man, we got cable. He said, he said, um, look at the ticker. He said, um, you got. He said, look at the ticker, man. You just uh, he said, congratulations. And I was ecstatic man I, I really was and my um my brothers and sisters were just <laughs> they were going crazy oh, and i remember i was so hyped up that i actually drove back to clemson because we had exams that <laughs> the next day good grief and I, I drove straight and i had like i mean it was such a high i mean it's a, a dream come true you yeah. know something that you thought about when you're 11 years old 
and to go through that long period of time of course. and being able to say, okay, man, I, God, it's happened. It really did happen. So uh, it was amazing. It really was. No doubt about it. Well, and obviously I know there was a lot of hard work to get up to that point, but the hard work didn't stop there. Now you're in the NFL and, you know, what was the difference, you know, in terms of just the NFL versus college and the level of competition and the work that you had to put into it to reach the levels that you did? You know, it's so funny. When you get drafted, I mean, industry's like, wow, I finally made it. Yeah. And then the work really begins. Okay. I mean, it's like they, you know, back then, you came on that Thursday and you went through uh, kind of a rookie camp or whatever you want to call it. And that year we had a new coach, so everybody had to attend the, uh, the camp. Okay. And you're, now, you're, now you're with grown men. Yeah, of course. And these guys are so fast. Okay. So smart. So strong. Yeah. I mean, everybody's good. You know, in college, everybody's not, everybody's not that great. You know, this, this is what's out there. <laughs> everybody's not great. There, you know, there's a separation. Of course. There really, really is a separation. And in the NFL, every dude is pretty good. Okay. <laughs> you know, if not great. Yes. And the game is moving so fast. And they know what they're doing. And those guys are vicious, you know. You got guys who are trying to pay their mortgage. You got guys who have families. Yeah. So this is serious business for them. For sure. And so you're amongst those guys now. Now you, you know, now it's a separation between um, the good and the great. Okay. So that was the the, the first thing you marvel about how good everybody could move and how good everybody was. Now, were there any players that kind of you know, your first year that took you under their wings or, you know, mentored you or you know, that you looked up to? Well, you know, one of the guys that I, I have to say is probably, you know, I, I looked up to a lot of guys on the team. Yeah. I, I did. There were guys that didn't know that I was watching them, but I was watching them like the Monty Dawson, Rod Woodson, okay. uh, Cardell Lake, guys like that. But I'm going to tell you the two guys who I thought were very instrumental in my development um, as a player, I thought that um, Jerry Oslowski, who's uh, now the inside linebacker coach, he was a linebacker from Pitt at the time. Okay. He kind of, you know, he really showed me a whole lot during that time. I mean, sometimes the best back then, they didn't really, they didn't really like rookies that much. Yeah. And I was just talking about pick, and, you know, I had guys that were threatened about that. But Jerry O, um, he, he taught me a whole lot. Okay. And then really when Kevin Green came into the picture the next year, yeah. you know, Kevin was the guy who invited me over to his house with his wife for dinner. Great. He was the guy who showed me, like, hey, Kirk, we're going to go ahead, we're going to watch some film. Okay. And he was the one that basically said, man, you got everything. You know, you got size, you're going to be a player. And by hearing him say that, man, I, I believed it, and I kind of followed his footsteps. Yeah. And, you know, we're really great friends to this day. And that was a guy who really, I think, in a lot of ways, as a player, was the one who helped me okay. to uh, be a better player. Now, then, you know, as you progress through your career, were you in the same position as, you know, as a Kevin Green to other players that were rookies? Did you help mentor some young rookies in the league? 
Oh, yeah. You know, because I, I was a guy who never wanted to be treated the way I was treated. Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying it was like a bunch of hate or anything like that. Yeah. But, you know, guys just were, they were so, they were so competitive. They were buying for their jobs. Okay. You know, and like I said before, those guys didn't speak to you when you were like, yeah. You had to really earn your respect. I mean, that's just the way it was. I'm yeah. not saying it was the right way, but that's just the way it was. I didn't really want to, fo- I didn't really want to follow that path. Okay. I, I wanted to help younger guys because I know how it felt to be in that position and, and not really have a veteran come by and say, Hey, you need to do this. You need to do that. And I always wanted to help guys, even guys that were, that were in my position there to, perhaps take my job. I, I was confident that um, I thought I could always compete, that yeah. I could always play, and it would never, it, it shouldn't have been a problem. So I always try to you know, let my helping hands to the guys that were coming in, even guys at other positions, you know, guys that, you know, maybe guys playing tiny in, I would try to tell them ways, ways to beat me, what I'm looking at as a player, what I think what could beat me as a, as a player going against that guy. So sure. I was always of a mindset of helping others. And and obviously I think that's probably continuing, you know, now in terms of how you gravitated into coaching. And, and so what led you into coaching? And you've been multiple levels, high school, college, and now pros. What led you into that? You know, honestly, I didn't know if I wanted to coach when okay. I first got out. I, I wanted to do something different. And that's why I, I started working for Clemson uh, and a this in the business department, I, I actually really liked that job. Okay. And, you know, it just taught me another side of college campus. But I really, you know, I, I really saw the need, you know, to uh, help kids try to get in school. But it was really my wife was the one who kind of suggested it. You know, okay. I was, I always, I, I think, uh, you know, inside I always wanted to be a coach, but I didn't express that. Yep. And, you know, she was like, why don't you just try to coach like high school ball? You know, just okay. give it a shot. And so I kind of put my name out there. And um, I remember Wade Hampton, uh, they invited me to coach their linebackers. And I started coaching their linebackers, and I, I absolutely loved it. I okay. fell in love with it. I started yeah. doing football camps, and I was in love with it because I was I was really helping. I, the cool thing as a teacher, as a coach, is when you demonstrate something, you show someone something, and they get it. Yes. So that was kind of cool. So I, you know, started coaching high school, and I coached that for three, well, actually four years. And then my friend Earl Holm that I played with, he called me to coach up, called me to coach up before at Florida A&M. Okay. I coached those guys for you know two years, and then kind of miraculously, what happened with uh, Arizona was, um, you know, Bruce Bruce Harrington was calling me about maybe coaching their linebackers. Okay. Uh, he, he watched me do it. Pittsburgh, and uh, I guess he really liked me, and he, he, uh, he, 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 he was thinking about it, that didn't fall through, but I, I called him up, because I read something that, you know, hey, do you really want to understand or get better at your job after Esper, so I was bold up all of them and said, hey, you know, what What are some of the things I can do to be a better, better coach, and he suggested, like, Kirk, man, come, come to our internship in the summer. Okay. I was like, okay, and I've done a couple of internships, so yeah. I knew what it was kind of about. Then my friend, uh, a teammate, Vincent Buck, called me and was like, Savon, man, are you willing to do the, can you come and do the minicamp? 
you know, we were done with AMU at the time we got let go. And I was like, you know, I had my daughter, you know, my wife, you know, my wife passed. So yeah, I was I like, okay, this is the opportunity. Let me go do the mini camp. I did the mini camp. And uh, one day, Gresham was like, I think, I think Bruce wants to keep you longer. <laughs> And I was like, really? Okay, okay. Yeah. And it's something I didn't know. I was like, all right. And then, you know, like three days before training camp, he was like, you know, hey, we want to keep you like two years. You know, we'll pay you. We give you, uh, we give you benefits. And so we did that. And um, that's how I ended up with the Cardinals. Yeah. Fantastic. <laughs> funny. I, funny that, it's it's amazing how life can meander a, a certain way. And, you know, obviously now you're having an impact from a coaching perspective, and I know there's an impact from coaches in your life. Is there any particular coaches that impacted you the most throughout your career, high school, college, NFL? Uh, you know, I always have to give it up for uh, my high school coach, Jerry Dyers, because, yeah. you know, my parents didn't really understand. But, you know, like, my father didn't really follow sports. Okay. And, you know, he didn't go through high school, so... He didn't really understand about, you know, football and going to practice every day. Yeah. Uh, my mother understood it a lot more. And, you know, my brothers and everything, they, they went through that. But my dad didn't really, you know, understand it. He thought it was kind of like, well, you're just playing because he comes from that hard-working background where you work, you know. Yes. And uh, Coach Byers was that buffer. And he understood what kind of, you know, what kind of player I was. And he really, you know, he was the one that drive me up to my – my uh, official business or my business. Um, he was the okay. one who raised money for me to go to a football camp back the day before my senior year. Wow. So uh, he was a big influence. I mean, we still talk to this day. We still take each other to this day. But he was the guy that encouraged my football career in high school. And I, you know, like I said, I come from a real small high school. Yeah. And back then, you know, nobody, you know, Tommy Suggs when he played for South Carolina, but nobody did it for quite like 20 years or so to play Division One football. So I was one, you know, that did it, and he encouraged me, and it was like, you know, he's a big influence. You know, of course, uh, Danny Ford, Roger, Tommy West, I mean, and this goes on. You know, Coach Hatfield, this goes on at Clemson, and then, you know, you get in the NFL, I, I got an opportunity to um, play under guys like Bill Cowher, Bob Capers, yes. uh, Dick LeBeau, who was tremendous Tremendous coach. I mean, we can't say enough about him. Uh, John Mitchell. I, you know, Marvin Lewis was my first coach. Okay. The head coach at uh, Cincinnati. Man, yeah. Uh, Jim Haslett. I mean, Tim Lewis. There was a bunch of guys. And then I went to Seattle. Mike Holgram yeah, uh, was my coach. And then, you know, ended up at Philly. I got an opportunity to be with Andy Reid. And yeah. uh, that was a tremendous year for me. I really, you know, I really appreciate Philly for, you know, uh, you know, picking me up and, yeah. you know, and they were a good team, you know. And, That's right. Um, and they, they, they value what I could bring to the team. And so that was, that was huge for me. So, um, you know, I look back on those guys and those are guys that, um, it's impressive. <laughs> no, I was about to say, that is a laundry list of who's who coaching. Uh, there is no doubt yeah, about it. You've been you touched know, I, by I a lot. Okay. Uh, you know, Coach Tom Pratt. Yeah. <laughs> Those are legends in the game too, and you know those guys will sit down with me and just talk about football and were you know, you know, mentoring me, talking me through the whole time. I mean, this is you know, these 
these guys are are great coaches. And you're talking about B.A. I mean, B.A. is yes. one of the, probably one of the best offensive minds have been. And for him to have, for him to want me to be a part of the Cardinals, even though he didn't have to hire me or anything, for him to want me to be a part of it, and, you know, he's just, he's still a big advocate. He really, yeah. he really believes in me as a coach. So, uh, those guys are tremendous, you know, they really are. And, uh, you know, I appreciate the fact that, uh, they're willing to take some time with me. So. For sure. Well, it's a, a tribute to, to your work ethic and, you know, what you are as well. That's why people are wanting you around. And now we've, you know, gone through this journey and just can you wrap everything up just in terms of what sports has meant to you and the opportunities in life and the lessons you've learned through sports? Oh, well, I, I think the obvious thing is, is um, working with other people. Okay. And the great thing about playing football, um, when I got to high school, the two high schools in Lamar had just consolidated. Okay. And it sounds like, remember the Titans, but you got yeah. two different bodies of school that come together. And then one common thing was football. Okay. I mean, uh, guys from different areas, man, just working together, just, uh, um, to that one goal. And it was a, it was an amazing experience. You know, you're, you're knowing people, you're, um, you get to understand that no matter what the background is, it's, it's a, um, you got something in common. And, and then just the, you know, being determined, um, never giving up, being able to fall down and get back up. Yeah. Those are the lessons that, you know, throughout my life journey that stays with me. Yep. Well, because you're going to fall down in life and you don't have to get back up. So those are the main things. You know, the diversity, accepting people where they are and, working with them and also just being able to um, understand about hard work and also being able to get up when you fall down. And that's the big deal about football. And I think really football is one of the last, um, I think really the one of the last traditions that we have is, yeah. you know, because a lot of times you just kind of grow up to be a man. You don't have to go through any trials. And I think football, I think sports kind of help you, um, you get to that level, you know, because you have to kind of earn, um, that manhood. And, and football is, I think it's one of the last, uh, tribal things that we have yeah. because it takes you through the test. And I kind of think that our society, especially when you talk about, yeah, we might be better if we went through that. That's right. We went, you know, that we earn our manhood. And I think football is one of the ways that you kind of earn your manhood. So, um, it's one of those rituals that I think, you know, we need. Yes. <laughs> you know, we may not have to go out alone and hunt for our own food, but I think we do, I think we do need tasks in our lives to help us, uh, prove our stuff. So, you know, prove that we're worthy. Yeah. And that's what I like about football. It made you grow up as a man, yeah. especially when you went from college to pro. You had to, you had to grow up quickly. Of so, course. Uh, that's why I really like about it. Last thing, you know, I typically like to always have the guest share their words of wisdom that has helped them. Do you have any words of wisdom for our listeners that has helped you throughout your journey? Yeah, you know, my father uh, was a minister also. Okay. And one of the things he always told us is that, you know, if a man is determined to do anything, he can. The only person that can stop him is himself. And I always thought that was really powerful. For sure. You know, talk about the 
basically it's up to you how determined you are, how much you want it, how much you refuse to lose. And like I said, my father was a highly educated, he did good at high school, but you know, he loved his kids and he had words and wisdoms for us. So I always took that way. And it's helped me through, like I said, my life journey. Yeah, for sure. As everybody has their ups and downs and you've been through the ups and the downs and obviously, you know, with your, with Keisha, your wife passing away and I know you're you know, coming out of that and I know she'll, she'll be there looking tonight uh, as you get honored and in being inducted into the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame and it's well-deserved, but I'm the one that's truly honored uh, to have you share the impact of sports in your life today, LaVon, and I greatly appreciate you spending time with us. Uh, hey man, no problem. I really appreciate you having me on. And we greatly appreciate LaVon taking the time to be our guest this week and especially on a special day for him being inducted to the South Carolina Football Hall of Fame. That is a big honor for him and he was gracious enough to spend time with with us, you know, sharing his story and what a great story it is. Again, from small town South Carolina all the way up to the NFL and what you might not picked up on, but really understand the importance of his father and his life and how what a strong fatherly figure he was and with all of the brothers and sisters and just what a tight-knit family it was. And that helped him get to where he is today. All right, it's time to move to the next topic, and that's our weekly words of wisdom. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Keeping encouragement and motivation rich. Let's explore the weekly words of wisdom. This week's words of wisdom, we're going to focus on words coming from literary giant and unbelievable storyteller, Mr. Mark Twain. And I know he has a thousand plus quotes probably out there. They're very simplistic, but they're very poignant. And this is no different than the quote this week, and it's just focusing on the importance of honesty. And the quote is, If you tell the truth, then you don't have to remember anything. And this just reinforces the fact that once you tell one lie, it typically leads to other lies because you can't keep track of what you told this person, what you told the other person, And when you don't experience something firsthand, it's harder for your memory to retain it and then you to be able to pull that off of your hard drive. So again, it's all about maintaining honesty. And if you tell the truth, then you don't have to remember anything. So everyone, this wraps up the very first and inaugural episode of this podcast, Rich Take on Sports which again, I referred to as the Sports Podcast with Life, exploring people's journeys, the impact of sports in their lives. And it's been an honor being able to have you listen. And I'm looking forward to sharing future episodes and hopefully connecting with more of you. So please reach out with any suggestions, feedback on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Please email me, Richmond at richtakeonsports.com, or even rating and reviewing this podcast uh, via iTunes. I greatly appreciate any of the feedback that you can provide, and I'm striving to make this better each and every week. And again, looking forward to more episodes coming out and having you invest the time to listening as you are my investors. So again, thank you. Greatly appreciate it. And remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. 
Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Takes Sports. Thanks for listening.